Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Glad to have you with us for this Thursday program. We do this each weekday at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. So glad you're with us today. And if you ever can't join us live here on the Big X for the 11 a.m. show, you can always find us as a podcast. Just search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you should find us there. Glad you're with us today. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Thursday program brought to you by Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we have Zaxby's headlines coming up in just a few moments. Some interesting recruiting news today for from a basketball perspective. We'll tell you all about that coming up here in just a few moments. Also, IU getting ready for its game coming up this weekend at Western Kentucky. Tom Allen had his weekly coaches show, which can be heard each week last night right here on the Big X. And we'll recap some of those uh, notes from last night as well. And uh, a little bit more about IU basketball here in the opening segment. Later in the program, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is our guest on Thursdays. We talk all about IU basketball. We'll take a look at some of the toughest non-conference opponents on the IU basketball schedule today with Alex. We'll talk more about Hoosier hysteria coming up, and I'm sure that we'll touch on recruiting so much activity during this fall period of recruiting where coaches can get on the road and hit practices and open gyms. Lots of scholarship offers have went out to younger players. It just seems right now, and I know it gets overwhelming at times, this doesn't matter who the coach is or what year it is for that coaching regime, but it just feels overwhelming Almost the number of different players that IU is out watching, that IU has made contact with, that IU is invited to Hoosier Hysteria coming up in a week or so. Uh, just a lot of names out there right now. Of course, one big name still left. We'll talk with Alex about him today in the 2022 class, and that is Noah Clowney. He is headed to Alabama, I believe, this weekend for an official visit as his recruiting visits really beginning to wind down, we think, sometime in early to mid-October that a decision and announcement could come from Clowney. So we'll see if Indiana adds one more in 2022. Lots of 2023 offers and names out there to watch. And again, even a few offers now in the 2024 class from Coach Woodson and the staff. That's the show lineup. Then later, uh, Matt Weaver, should add peaks.com football writer Matt Weaver will be with us later in the hour. We'll get you ready for IU Western Kentucky. We began talking a little bit more about the Western Kentucky game earlier this week with Rick Bozich when he was with us. Uh, Western Kentucky, a solid football program. This is not a gimme game in any stretch of the imagination for the Hoosiers when they go on the road Saturday. So, and obviously, we know what's ahead for IU football, a road game 
at Penn State after this game at Western Kentucky. A very, very tough go of it schedule-wise so far this season and definitely the next two, three, four weeks uh, for this Indiana football program. We are going to test the mettle of Coach Allen's Leo uh, philosophy and this team, I think, in general. They are struggling a bit in some areas. I think it's safe to say, and we'll see how they fare at a very solid Western Kentucky game on the road coming up this weekend. And, of course, the big challenge at Penn State the following weekend. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's jump into our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. A couple recruiting notes to mention. First off, a four-star center in the 2022 class, Sean Phillips, Uh, He listed his final seven schools yesterday, and Indiana, one of those final seven. Indiana, Florida, North Carolina State, Ohio State, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Dayton all in the mix for him. Phillips is originally from Iowa, but playing at Yepsey Prep up in uh, Michigan for his final year of high school basketball. He was actually offered back in April of 2020 by Archie Miller. That interest has continued under Mike Woodson and the new staff. And so I said just a few moments ago that really when it comes to 2022, you think of Noah Clowney. That's the last big name out there that Indiana really seems to have a chance to get. There's mutual interest. Clowney has been on campus. But uh, add Sean Phillips to the list, at least maybe a little distantly, because he is still considering uh, Indiana as well. I tell you, scholarship numbers uh, for IU with that 2022 class becoming hard to figure out. Obviously, you can think maybe TJD goes pro. You could think that in the world we're in, there definitely will be transfers and additions each year. But uh, it's getting crowded when you look ahead for this Indiana basketball team. Noah Clowney would make it really crowded. And Sean Phillips, who knows how serious the interest is both ways, but uh, could make it even more serious as well. A couple other recruiting notes. Indiana had a visitor on campus yesterday, uh, Gabe Cups, a 2023 point guard prospect, was in Bloomington for an unofficial visit. And Jeremy Fears, who is really becoming a key prospect, it seems, in 2023 for Indiana, a point guard as well, uh, he announced earlier yesterday, actually earlier today, that he's going to be at Michigan State for a visit coming up this weekend. He's been there before, uh, so Michigan State tracking Jeremy Fears closely, as is Indiana, as are many other Big Ten and schools across the country. Fears, definitely someone uh, that would be a big get for Indiana. He is a really good point guard available in the 2023 class. Tom Allen, yesterday, uh, his weekly coaches show, which can be heard here each Wednesday night for the most part during the season, on the Big X, uh, talking about some tough subjects last, last night, including the 38-24 loss to Cincinnati last Saturday. He also spent a lot of time about the targeting rule in college football, which we discussed some on Monday coming out of the IU game. He said, quote, it's not just in our game, it's other games. Uh, it's unfortunate. It should not be an ejection, talking about uh, some of the various instances around college football this weekend. He mentioned last night on the show that he would like to see a basketball-like ejection system where there's like a flagrant one and flagrant two foul uh, based on the intent and even the severity of the hit and the targeting violation. 
He said, quote, I hope by this time next year that the rules will be looked at and there will be a more sensible approach. So obviously Coach Allen and other football coaches, college coaches, sounding off on targeting rules, which, again, you understand the safety, you appreciate that aspect of them, uh, but, boy, it's hard to negotiate, I think, between what's serious and what's not, and some of these targeting calls and ejections have greatly impacted college football games so far this weekend. Coach Allen was very uh, obviously up front about Western Kentucky, a solid team. He mentioned they average over 500 yards passing per game, which actually leads the entire nation in passing at 500 yards passing per game. Very good defensively, very athletic is how Coach Allen described WKU and said that they're one of the group of five teams that's been consistently in bowl games and no doubt that they're going to be a tough challenge. And that, Again, that's Coach Allen talking about Western Kentucky, the Hoosiers' next opponent this weekend as well. I tell you, you know, NIL has been interesting to follow in college sports and with IU, and I think we're just beginning to see some of the endorsement deals and sponsorships that are going to happen as people get more creative and as businesses figure out what's worth what and how some of these top-name college prospects can help their business and their marketing plans. But one thing that I have enjoyed so far this season, Michael Penix, the IU quarterback, actually does a podcast on Tuesday night with Sports Illustrated Indiana. It takes place at a local establishment in Bloomington, and it was neat to hear him before the season talk about the Hoosiers and all the expectations. But now that the season has been underway and going on, and not just Indiana struggling, but Michael Penix has had some struggles from the QB spot as well, it's been really interesting to hear him answer some tough questions and talk about some tough moments for he and his teammates, and again, we would never get the chance to hear uh, from Michael Penix, starting quarterback for IU football, uh, outside of uh, some brief media opportunities, whether it be uh, during the week or immediately after a football game. But because of NIL, he's able to make some money, and he's willing to give 30 minutes on Tuesday nights to do this podcast, and so I definitely recommend checking it out. It, has been, it was going to be interesting to follow him this season no matter what, uh, but in tough moments, it's interesting to hear how people handle tough moments. And Michael Penix has has been very blunt. Uh, I, I've not been able to listen to every week or uh, the whole podcast each time, but he's been very uh, upfront about some of his struggles and the team's struggles so far this season. Coming up here in just a few moments, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join us. We'll talk about some of the top non-conference opponents for IU basketball this season. And one player that kind of gets lost in the shuffle for me is Michael Durr, the incoming transfer from South Florida, the big guy. Uh, didn't see much of him in the Bahamas and uh, curious how he will affect the game, how much playing time he will get, how he will help uh, the situation with Trace Jackson Davis and allow him to vacate the post a little bit and play more on the wing. So we're going to talk Michael Durr as well. Also, another note coming up, uh, we're, we're glad here on the Big X to introduce the Thornton's text line. And I've never uh, taken texts from listeners, but starting on Monday, we're going to start taking your text, and I think it'll really help the show and uh, get listeners more involved. I get some emails occasionally. Some of you tweet me as well during the show, and I don't always do a good job interacting back with you or getting your comments and questions on the air. So I look forward, uh, starting Monday, for your text. Not always will they get on the air, but I'm curious your opinions on the Hoosiers. I'm curious your thoughts on topics, what you want to hear about, what you want to talk about, and questions for some of the great guests. That's one of the things about this program. 
We have some tremendous, insightful guests that cover IU basketball, IU football from all perspectives, and uh, we'll look forward to you being able to ask them some questions through our Thornton's text line, and we'll tell you more about how to text in when we launch that for this show on Monday. But don't forget that Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, including fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And we're excited to have the Thornton's text line coming to the Hoosier Report starting next week here on the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will be my guest. We'll talk IU basketball, non-conference games for next season, and plenty of other topics, including recruiting. And still ahead, Matt Weaver, Pigs.com football writer, IU Western Kentucky. It's a tough game. It's a trap game for this Indiana team on the road, and it's a game they've got to win to salvage the season as they move on to bigger and badder challenges like Penn State of the Big Ten Conference coming up uh, after the Western Kentucky game. We'll head to a break. We're back with all of that and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back here on this Thursday program, Alex Bozich inside the hall is my guest. And Alex, as we move closer and closer to October, and of course, Hoosier Hysteria said for Saturday, October 2nd, it's hard to believe that college basketball season is almost here. Yeah, it's been a long offseason. Obviously, with the coaching change in the spring, a lot of excitement with the program and people looking forward to the season getting started. But once the the summer hit, it seemed like the season was a long way off, but then having the opportunity uh, to kind of talk about Indiana going down to the Bahamas and playing a couple of games, got people excited. And then September overall, pretty quiet month, but things are going to heat up uh, rather quickly here. I use got uh, it's media day, I believe this coming Monday, I think practice starts, uh, next Tuesday officially is when they can start. I think that's six weeks before the the first game. Um, and then you've got Big Ten media days, uh, I think the second week in October. I believe it's the, the 7th and 8th in Indianapolis. Indiana goes the second day uh, on October 8th. Uh, and then it'll be um, waiting, a waiting game. You'll go about uh, you'll have Hoosier Hysteria October 2nd, and then that Big Ten Media Day appearance for Indiana October 8th, and you're going to go about another month before uh, Indiana plays a game, uh, at least one publicly. They're going to play, I believe, two secret scrimmages rather than a traditional exhibition game. So it's all going to happen here pretty quickly, and uh, I'm excited that, that basketball is going to soon be back. Alex, let's look at the non-conference schedule. You had a piece on Indiana's 11 non-conference games uh, recently at the InsideTheHall.com website. Three games against power conference opponents, and of those 11 games, nine of them are going to be played at the friendly confines of Simon Scott 
Assembly Hall. I think first and foremost, this isn't uh, nearly a highly sought after, highly ranked uh, schedule, a non-conference schedule for Indiana. I think you wrote in your story, it's according to Bart Torvik, the 298th toughest non-conference schedule in the country. Yeah, I mean, that's fine too. And I, I made sure to point out that Indiana's overall schedule is projected to be 35th, I think, by Bart's site right now. By the way, if you haven't, I know a lot of people look at Ken Palm, but but Bart does an excellent job. It's Bart Torvik, T-O-R-V-I-K dot com. Uh, he's actually a Wisconsin fan, so he's uh, you know got a lot of uh, Big Ten uh, thoughts on his Twitter account. But uh, he does a really good job. He's got his own formula. It's kind of loosely based off of Ken Palm, but a little bit different uh, in some of the things he does. But but he has his preseason projections up for next season. An interesting thing to me was there's some Big Ten teams. If you look at the overall strength of schedule in the top ten. So that kind of tells you that, you know, he's projecting another monster year in the Big Ten. And for Indiana to be playing the, you know, roughly 300th toughest non-conference schedule, but their overall strength of schedule to still be projected in the top 40, uh, that tells you that the Big Ten is going to be in for uh, another tough season. So I don't think Indiana's non-conference schedule, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there's going to be obviously a lot of wins. Um, it, to me, Indiana's season is really going to come down to whether they can win enough Big Ten games to get themselves in the tournament. I don't think they're going to be able to go something like 11-0 and in non-conference play and then be a sub-500 team in the Big Ten and expect to, to get in the tournament easily. But I also don't think if they lose a couple of non-conference games, if they win you know, 11 or 12 Big Ten games, that's going to kind of weigh them down. I think ultimately a lot of it's going to come down to what happens in league play. But overall, I mean – the non-conference schedule, as you mentioned, Matt, it's it's underwhelming. I think the games that that really the people are really going to care about are obviously Notre Dame up in Indianapolis, the last cross, Crossroads Classic. Notre Dame is a team that that Bart's pretty high on. He's got them in the top 30, and then also the other two teams uh, that are probably conference opponents are both in the top 100 as well. Syracuse will play them up at the Carrier Dome, and it doesn't really matter what kind of team Syracuse has. That's a tough place to play. The last time Indiana went up there, I think it was. 2013, um, after they lost him in the tournament, uh, you know, several months later, they went up there in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That was Noah Vonley's one and only season, and Indiana was beaten pretty badly up there. And then the other game, the Gavitt games, which will be the third game of the season at home, St. John's, that's a game I think Indiana uh, definitely needs to win and one that they'll be favored in. But so those are the three games that I really look at. But uh, you know, there's some other teams I think in there that are that are quality opponents potentially. Marshall, Northern Kentucky, uh, off the top of my head, kind of uh, piqued my interest uh, with with Northern Kentucky. Obviously, the people familiar with their coach Darren Horn, who really good friends with Tom Crean, spent some time at Western Kentucky, took them to a Sweet 16, then moved on to South Carolina, did TV for several years, and now back uh, in Northern Kentucky, which is you know, a really good program uh, that, that I think has a chance to make the tournament this year. Alex, I really like this schedule for this team with a new staff taking over, and uh, I'd realize it may not help the Hoosiers' NCAA resume. I think you did a great right. job pointing that out. But I also like the layout of the schedule because the season starts officially on November 9th with Eastern Michigan at home. Then the Hoosiers play November 12th against Northern Illinois at home. And then right after those two kind of underwhelming games to open up the season, both home games against mid-major opponents, uh, the third game of the regular season, November 17th, Indiana will host 
St. John. So one of their three major opponents coming in game number three. Then you've got Louisiana, Jackson State, Marshall, followed by Syracuse on the road. So it seems to be spread out nicely among mid-major, underwhelming-type non-conference games. And then those three uh, really, really meaningful games early on that I think will tell us more about Mike Woodson and this team this season, uh, there's some there's some in-betweens. Uh, not, they're not all stacked together. Right, and also you have to remember they have those two Big Ten games in early December. Uh, they've got Nebraska at home, and then they go to Wisconsin. So I think it's a good thing that they're playing that St. John's game when they are, and then the, the Syracuse game. I, I think it, last year, I don't think Indiana played a road game until it played its first Big Ten road game. I think it's good to be uh, have an opportunity to go on the road and non-conference before you start playing conference games on the road. So, yeah, I mean, the, the layout of it's fine, and, and uh, some people may – may uh, take the kind of what I wrote as being critical. Uh, I was basically just stating kind of where it was ranked, and I, I don't necessarily think it's uh, a bad schedule. Like, as you said, I think it's actually pretty smart with a new coach and a new system, a lot of new players, uh, to play uh, a lot of games where you're going to get the some of the younger guys' opportunity, where you're going to be able to do some mixing and matching of lineups. But, uh, you know, I think overall uh, the point remains is that Indiana is going to have to have a good season in Big Ten play if they want to make the tournament. No question about it. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, I'm I'm going to assume here, and I know according to Torvik's ratings this would be true as well, but I think it's safe to say Notre Dame is the toughest non-conference opponent, at least on paper in the preseason that mm-hmm. Indiana is set to face here. Yeah, they should be. Um and, and there's a lot of pressure, I feel like, on on Mike Bray because, you know, he he really had it rolling there uh, at Notre Dame, you know, four or five years ago. They were, uh, I think, went to an Elite Eight at one point. They were consistently a, a tournament team, uh, at least winning a game or two in the tournament. And now they haven't made the tournament in several years, and people are kind of wondering if it's time to turn the page on him and, and move on. Uh, I think he's got to have a really good season. Uh, the, the other team, I would say, I mean, Syracuse, I think might be a little bit underranked in Bart's rankings. I think he's got them in the 60s somewhere. Uh, I, I think they're going to be pretty capable of beating a lot of teams, particularly at home. I mean, Buddy Bayheim is probably one of the top 10 to 15 returning players in college basketball just based on the season he had last year. They have some other guys, and playing against the 2-3 zone is, is never easy as Indiana fans are are well aware of. I mean, if Indiana can beat both of those ACC teams, I mean, I think that's that would be uh, terrific. I mean, we've talked about this, I think, before, Matt. I think of those three games, St. John's, Notre Dame, uh, and Syracuse. If Indiana can win two of those, uh, they're doing pretty good for themselves. If they can win all three, that would obviously be excellent. Yeah, when you get beyond the big three, Notre Dame, Syracuse, and St. John's, is is it Marshall, or are they the next best team? They're not a high major team. They're not a power conference team necessarily, but who are the best of the others on the non-conference schedule? Yeah, I think Marshall uh, is in that conversation. Uh, Louisiana, well, they used to be formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette. Now they're just known as Louisiana. They're in that mix. Uh, Northern Kentucky, I mean, I think all three of those teams are are somewhere – uh, between like the 125 to 160 range in his rankings, which is, I mean, ideally when you're building a non-conference schedule, you want to schedule teams that aren't going to kill your 
strength of schedule. Like the teams you want to avoid playing are the ones that are ranked like 300 plus, like in 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 large quantities. Indiana's done a pretty good job of avoiding those teams uh, with this schedule, at least on paper. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the teams that are you know quality in, in that mix. I mean, Mary Max another one that they're a transition team, which meaning they're kind of in the same boat as Bellarmine, where they can't play in the NCAA tournament yet. But their uh, their Division One um, transition program, they a couple of years ago, I know went on the road their first year playing Division One and, and won at Northwestern. So they're not a they're not a joke team either. I, you know, I think some of those games, Mary Mack, Northern Kentucky, Louisiana, Marshall, those could all be games that you know are are you know reasonably competitive. I'm not saying Indiana's going to be seriously challenged in any of those that, where they could lose, but. You know those. You know, anytime you're playing a team, I think ranked in the top 200 somewhere, uh, that's a pretty quality opponent. And one, uh, you know, it may go as a tier three or tier four win on your on your tournament resume because it's played at home and uh, the ranking of the team. But you know, the, you you get down that far, and there's still quality teams, and and some of those that we mentioned are definitely going to have chance to make the NCAA tournament out of their leagues. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, I want to talk a little bit about the roster. There are so many different interesting players, newcomers, returning players. An interesting mix here for Mike Woodson in season number one. And over the offseason, you have time to think about and talk about and wonder about starting lineups and all these different players and what their roles could be. The Bahamas trip and some of the content that us here that didn't go to the games that we got to see gave us a little bit of understanding of some of those guys, and you get to see who Mike Woodson uh, played and who he started for whatever that's worth in two summer exhibition games. But one player that I really, really am interested to see, and I don't know if he's going to have a reasonable role on the team, or I don't know if he's not going to have much of a role on the team, is seven-footer Michael Durr, a 250-pound mm-hmm. center. Uh, he's a junior as far as his eligibility goes, and he comes to IU from South Florida. We talked about him when he came to IU, but with his height and with his size, how could he be used with, say, Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson and others? Yeah, we didn't see him in the Bahamas, and so it's hard to say. And I will say, Matt, that uh, I had an interesting picture passed along to me the other day. There was, I believe it was over the weekend, uh, there was a recruit on campus, and somebody posted a picture from inside Assembly Hall during a workout. And if you look closely at the huddle, all the guys that were, were mostly in a practice uniform, but Durr was not. So, I wonder kind of what the status is of him, not to speculate or anything, but I just thought that was interesting. Somebody sent that to me and passed it along. It uh, didn't look like he was in uniform, so maybe we'll learn more about that next week and kind of see where he's at. But uh, I wonder just kind of what his status is going to be when you when you consider that he didn't play in the Bahamas. Um, but but one, one thing I wrote about him um, over the summer, kind of looking at his potential impact, was, you know, he's just – definitely going to be a guy that brings experience and brings some size that can kind of take some of that pressure off of Trace Jackson Davis. I think that's the biggest thing uh, that, that he's going to bring. I, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be someone that's going to be contending for a starting lineup spot, but if he can give Indiana, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of quality play off the bench uh, on a consistent basis, I think that's going to definitely help take some of the pressure off of Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis going up against some of the, the Big Ten's uh, best front court players, which there are a lot of. If you followed the 
the list last week of the top 25 players, you got Kofi Coburn, you got Hunter Dickinson, you got Travion Williams. Uh, you've got, you know, a pretty stacked uh, list of, of big, big, big 10 front court players. And so um, I think that's kind of where he comes in, uh, in most handy. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a guy that puts up any crazy stats or anything. He's, he's to me, he's a, uh, addition for depth, but I want to see kind of where he has from a, where he is from a health standpoint. Considering uh, we did not see him at all in the Bahamas. Yeah, and then the fact that possibly I know we don't want to speculate here, but if we didn't see him at all in the Bahamas and he wasn't in practice gear, uh, based on a photo from Assembly Hall recently, it makes you wonder what's going on and how much further longer he could be out of of any practice time or obviously minutes in games. Alex, one other player specifically I wanted to point out, we've talked so much about Christian Lander since he was a high school prospect at Evansville Wrights and obviously continued our conversations about him uh, from the very time he committed to the Hoosiers all the way through his freshman season. But he did not get a lot of playing time uh, from at the Bahamas. In fact, he got very little playing time in the Bahamas. And as you look through the IU roster, I was just looking at the roster this morning, uh, you know, new guards coming into the program like Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart, uh, Tamar Bates, and then you've got guys back like Rob Finnessy and others. Uh, do you think that uh, Landers has an opportunity to break through here this season and become a key player to land a lot of minutes as a guard for IU. I think that was kind of the general thought at the conclusion of last season, that maybe one year he's a young player in the Big Ten would be good training for him. But now that there have been so many other new additions under Mike Woodson, I'm kind of wondering again going into the season what his role and minutes could look like. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think that when I look at this roster, I feel like there's eight guys that are – going to for sure play a pretty fair amount um the five guys that i would put kind of in the questionable category or are, are where i think things are up for grabs would be michael durr who we talked about logan duncombe anthony leal trey galloway and christian lander so you know you can kind of look at the rest of the roster and, and deduct two i think the the eight that are for sure going to have pretty significant roles and then to me it just kind of comes down to how those guys differentiate themselves from one another because realistically, Matt, we know this, you know, every, every coach talks about in the preseason, well, we want to play 10 or 11 guys and we want to be deep and this and that. But a lot of that's usually coach speak, right? When it comes down to uh, the nitty gritty and big 10 play, you're playing your eight, nine, maybe 10 best players and, and nine and 10 are maybe playing seven, eight minutes a game. I mean, they're not – you're riding your best players on most nights. And, and those five guys, I kind of feel like, are probably uh, the ones who are going to be fighting and clawing for every minute. Christian Lander is firmly in that group. I think he's definitely behind Xavier Johnson and Finnessy in terms of uh, the, the hierarchy. I, I, I wonder if his role um, is going to be kind of determined on whether or not he can play alongside Johnson and Finnessy with any consistency. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a situation where he's just going to be given the keys uh, to run the team very often because you've got obviously a guy that you brought in from Pitt who was uh, successful at Pitt, like in terms of his statistics, and you have Rob Finnessy, who's one of the better defenders in the Big Ten. That's going to be hard for him to beat out. So, I, you know, I don't know. I think he's a pretty big question mark, and I'm really intrigued to see how he responds 
one way or the other. If he does get a lot of opportunity, whether or not he can take advantage of it, and if he doesn't get a lot of opportunity, is he going to be patient and willing to wait his turn um, down the line? And we'll see. I mean, remember, he's this really should just be his freshman year in college. He's got to be patient. Uh, he can't get caught up in kind of the fact that he was a five-star recruit or any of that. I mean, that's kind of irrelevant now. And things start over once you get to college, and he's going to have to earn his way. And, and I think he's, as I mentioned, that, that group of five, I don't know if you agree with me on with on that, uh, Matt, but those to me are the five who are really kind of battling it out for those last two or three spots for any minutes. Yep, I agree. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, a couple of recruiting things. I You had a visitor yesterday, Gabe Cups, who's a class of 2023 point guard, making an unofficial visit to Bloomington. IU has been very active this fall uh, as as far as getting out watching players, especially at local schools in Indiana, but also making some trips mm-hmm. other places. And then uh, football games and even a, a midweek official, unofficial visit like that from Cups. Uh, this staff very busy in addition to prepping for the upcoming season with their existing team. Yeah, he was a guy that they offered over the summer. I think raised his profile. He played with Reed Shepard, the son of Jeff Shepard. Uh, I think it was for Midwest Basketball Club on the Adidas circuit. Had a really good summer. I think earned a Michigan offer, too. So he's a guy that I think a lot of Big Ten schools are going to be in on and trying to to woo and uh, get. I mean, if, if, you, if you search his name on YouTube, it's interesting. He kind of first rose to prominence because he was in some videos, uh, I think, with LeBron uh, somehow there was a connection uh, to where there was some videos with him uh, doing some stuff with LeBron on YouTube. So that's interesting to check out, but yeah, he seems like, you know, a bit of an undersized point guard, but uh, a guy that definitely rose uh, his profile nationally over the summer. It's good to get him on campus. uh, No doubt about it. I mean, he's a Midwest kid. I think it's probably going to be, like I said, a big 10 recruiting battle. A lot of big 10 schools have prioritized him early on Uh, to me when Michigan offers a kid right now, just based on the success that they've had on the recruiting trail, that tells me that the kid's somebody that's going to be in in pretty high demand. They're a little bit more selective with their offers uh, than some other schools. So, uh, you know, that's, I think, a a positive to get him on campus, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. A long way to go in that one. Alex Bozich inside the hall. I noticed yesterday Sean Phillips, a name I'm really not very familiar with. He's in the class of 2022, and I thought that class was just about wrapped up, uh, depending on what Noah Clowney does here in a few weeks. But he's he's listed mm-hmm. Indiana in his final seven, and uh, originally from Ohio, but now playing his final year of high school basketball at a prep school in Michigan. What do you know for about him, and uh, is the interest legitimate there both ways between IU and Phillips? I believe, Matt, if I'm not mistaken, he committed yesterday to North Carolina State. Uh, you may want to double-check on that. Um believe he committed uh, to North Carolina State. He was a recruit that, at one point, Indiana had, had gone after uh, somewhat uh, when Archie Miller and Tom Ostrom were there out of Ohio. And uh, I believe uh, – I could be wrong. Maybe you might want to check Tips and Edits' uh, – Twitter, but I believe last night he committed to North Carolina State. I did not uh, I see that's that. The latest with that, I believe so. So take him off the board, then it would uh, it would be Clowney. It looks like you're right here. He did commit yesterday. So uh, just Noah Clowney left. I'm assuming in the 2022 class. He's at Alabama this weekend for this a weekend. visit, and uh, then we think maybe mid October could be decision time for him. Yeah, it could be. I think any time after a couple weeks after that visit wraps up. Uh, I think the one thing 
I've noticed like with Indiana fans, they're I think a little bit nervous with Clowney because the further you get away from a visit and a kid uh, doesn't commit, uh, you wonder kind of where they stand with him. But I think Indiana's still in really good position uh, with him. So we'll see uh, how this uh, goes moving forward. But yeah, he's got, he's taken his official visits to Bloomington. He's taken one to, uh, to Florida. And then also uh, he took one to Virginia Tech. So he'll finish up this weekend at Alabama. And then hopefully I think his plan is to make a uh, decision sometime uh, before the, uh, the signing period in, in November. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Lots of good recruiting and preseason content at insidethehall.com. Alex, as always, thanks for the chat today. All right. Thank you, Matt. Have a good day. As we head to commercial break, another local commitment to a Division I baseball program, Landon Teasing. He's a junior at New Albany High School, committed yesterday evening to Kent State, where he will play baseball upon graduation from New Albany here in a few seasons. Another player to watch in the upcoming high school baseball season, which seems like forever away right now, but it'll be spring before you know it as we get into football or further into football. And of course, basketball starting before too long as well. But it's amazing the number of D1 baseball prospects and commitments that we've had now running a number of years back into history. Landon teasing just the latest as he commits to Kent State to further his baseball and academic career. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk IU football. More on IU Western Kentucky with Matt Weaver of Peaks.com after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. IU football in the midst of a very tough portion of their schedule. And Matt Weaver of Peaks.com joins us to talk the Hoosiers in advance of Saturday's game at Western Kentucky. Matt, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, other locals that have played Western Kentucky, uh, yeah, they'll play them at home, and then they'll play maybe at a neutral site, but never uh, in Bowling Green. Why the road game here, the true road game for IU at Western Kentucky this weekend? Uh, why not a, a neutral site maybe like some of the others? Uh, my guess is, because um, I think they played Western Kentucky a few years ago at home, this is probably a two-for-one deal uh, where you know you, you have a bigger school, um, schedules a school, a mid-major like a Western Kentucky, and you get two home games, and then you give them one home game. Um, that would be my guess on, as to why. Um, and like without looking at the schedule, I, I know they played them a few years ago. I don't know if they have them again coming up at home or if this is the last game of the deal, but I, that, that would be my guess without looking up that it's a two-for-one type of situation. Makes sense. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, the football writer for Peaks.com, our guest. This Western Kentucky team, Matt, very good, especially when it comes to passing. Uh, expected, I think, to have a solid season at their level of football in their conference, but they don't take on Big Ten teams on a regular basis or not even once per season on a, on a regular basis. So this obviously is a huge opportunity for them, especially at home. But what does this Western Kentucky team do so well? Well, they brought in. Um, they got a new a new uh, coordinator. Uh, he was at Houston Baptist. I think his name is Zach Kitley. Um, and they at that school, I, I can't remember. I think they're uh, FCS or DC. I mean, they put up huge numbers. 
Um, he runs uh, he runs basically the Cliff Kingsbury kind of air raid type of offense. I think he's modified it a little bit, um, but it's a very obviously very productive offense if you get the right players. And um, after he came to Western Kentucky, the quarterback that was at Houston Baptist, I think his name is ba- Bailey Zapp or Zappy. I'm not sure how you pronounce that last name. And then like three three receivers that were there all transferred to Western Kentucky. Um, they had some good skill players returning, um, and they put in this system, and it's worked well so far. And, and you know, it's a very, very productive system. It's obviously, a little bit it's a product of, you know, they played UT Martin. Army's a solid program, but not obviously blessed with a ton of good athletes. Um, so this will be a good test for their offense and obviously a good test for Indiana because they're going to put the ball in the air a lot. They're going to be, um, you know, really um, do a lot of different things, a lot of different formations. Um, they got a quarterback who's uh, who's played a lot of football. He started, I think, four years in this system with this with this coordinator, and he's been very productive. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, my guess. Western Kentucky uh, averages over 500 yards passing, which currently leads the nation. That That is an impressive stat. Yeah, and they're, like I said, with the air raid system, you're going to, I think through the first two games, I think they've thrown it. I could be off on this. I look at their stats up the other day. I want to say they've thrown it around 80 times, or maybe just a little bit under that. And I think they've run it around 40 to 45 times. So it's almost, it's not quite two to one, but it's close. Um, and so they're they're going to and some of their pass plays I would guess you know I haven't had a chance to watch them but I would guess some of their pass plays are almost like run plays when you throw those bubble screens that's almost like an extended run play um, so they, they even though that may count as a pass they might count it as a run in their system so but they're going to put the ball in the air they're going to have they I think they've had um, eight or nine different guys catch a touchdown I, I could be wrong on that or, or at least catch a pass so you know you don't really there's not, it doesn't sound like there's like one guy or two guys. You can kind of key on anybody who's on the field is somebody that they feel they feel comfortable throwing the ball to. So, no matter what personnel is out there, you got to be you got to be you know expecting one of them to get the ball at all times. Matt, if you're Coach Allen and the team prepping for this game, obviously you've got to win the ball game. It's against a smaller school, a lesser opponent, and you know what's ahead as far as your your schedule and especially when you get back to Big Ten conference play, what it looks like. But is this a game that Indiana? Uh, can go to Bowling Green and win by 3.7 points and be proud and be happy? Or is this a game that with what's ahead and where this team's at, momentum factor moving forward, they need to go in there and win it handily by a couple touchdowns or more? I think you need to win. I mean, I, I think ideally you, you, you play really well and, and kind of set the tone. But I'm going to tell you what, if, this score, if the score is 3-2 to two and it hits zero in the fourth quarter and Indiana's got the lead, you'll take it. It's not, you know... Obviously, that's not going to happen. But I'm just saying, it's it's you just need to get a win. They need to get they need to get W's. Obviously, you want to improve. You want to play well, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has really played pretty well. And and against what, uh, Cincinnati this past Saturday, they played fantastic. Obviously, the Michael McFadden injection kind of you know um, you know changed things a little bit. But they still played well even after that. They played well enough to win. Uh, they didn't lose that game because of defense. They need to get this offense on track. They need to get Michael Penix some confidence, get him in rhythm with his receivers, and you know they need to go out there and 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 quite honestly, they need to, they need to go out there about forty points because they can do that. Um, you know, against anybody, and, and certainly against the Western Kentucky. Not taking anything away from them, but you know, Indiana should be able to do that with the, with the personnel they have on the offensive side of the ball. Matt, uh, obviously, some big challenges ahead. I include. Saturday's game in my list of challenges, but after that it's Penn State and really, really a tough go of it with how this schedule laid out. I think one thing we we did not realize looking at the schedule even a month or so ago 
was that Michigan State uh, was, I think, it maybe so far has been one of the more improved teams in college football, and Michigan is better than what we expected, at least so far. And a, a lot can change with e- each week that goes by, but if you look at what's ahead on the road at a solid Western Kentucky this week at Penn State the following week, we just saw how Penn, good Penn State can be against Auburn, and then Michigan State at home for homecoming, followed by Ohio State. That is quite a four-game challenge, each of those games different for various reasons. Yeah, no doubt about it, and you know, you hate to say this early in the season, must win, but I mean, I, you know, I was actually talking about this with somebody the other day, texting with somebody. I, I think at least in the Tom Allen era, this might be as big of a must-win game as there's been. Um, and not that your season's over if you lose to West Kentucky, but, boy, you are really in a deep hole if you do. You are put yourself squarely behind the eight ball, and you've got a ton of work to do against some really good competition. So, you know, even with this win, you still got a lot of work to do. If you do get this win, I should say, you still have a lot of work to do, but it definitely puts you in a lot better place going forward. You got your two and two with um, with eight to go, and there's still winnable games. And like you said, teams teams are better, um, you know. And, and I thought Penn State was better. Michigan State was a wild card to me, and they're obviously better. Michigan looks better, so there's there's still winnable games for Indiana. I think they can compete with anybody that's left on their schedule. But you got to start this week, and you got to come out and kind of make a statement and show that you know this is the team everybody expected us to be. Bowl eligibility, obviously, a big deal for the Hoosiers. I think that's a baseline expectation for this team. If they win Saturday in Bowling Green and then run into Penn State and Michigan State and Ohio State, say they suffered three losses in a row after that, what's the path to bowl eligibility like? Are there some games you feel much more confident in this team in the back half of the schedule than what you do in the future weeks ahead? Well, if that happens, let me see, you'd be, what, two and – Two and five. If right. If the scenario plays out the way you say, so you have five to go. Um, you know, you're obviously you're going to have to steal two road games because you're going to be um, at Maryland, at Michigan, at Purdue. So you're going to have to get two of those, and then you got to win your home games against Rutgers and Minnesota. I mean, that's the path to eligibility. To me, the most likely wins are Maryland, Rutgers, Minnesota, Purdue. You know, Michigan's not going to be easy. Indiana spanked them last year. You know, and I'm sure they remember that, and that's going to be at home, and, and they do look like they're playing better. So, you know, you you know, you really, you know, my opinion, worst case scenario coming out of the uh, Michigan State game, you know, you need to be three and three. Uh, that's halfway through the season. You're halfway to bowl eligibility. Obviously, if you just get six wins, um, you're going to a lesser bowl than you used to. That's going to be a bit of a disappointment. But you, to me, like you said, a bowl line, a bowl game is the baseline for this team. They've got to get to a bowl um, to keep the momentum going. You know, it's it, six and six would be a little bit of a slip of momentum, but it's not cratering. If you don't go to a bowl, it's not good. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Matt, final question. How is the health of this team as they move into this Western Kentucky contest? Well, I mean, you're getting – it sounds like Devon Matthews should be back. Um, you know, still no word on James Head. Um, he hasn't played in the first three games. Um trying to think who else has been banged up. Uh, they got Jalen Williams back last week, so he's okay. Um, you know, injury-wise, I don't know of anybody else that's really – I mean, you know, they mentioned, you know, Chris Keyes got hurt in the Idaho game, and he's out for the year with the ACL injury. So, you know, I think James Head is really, is really the only guy I can think of that they've talked about who's been out with injury um, that they're waiting on. So, you know, if you get Devon Matthews back, you're, you're pretty close to having, you know, the, 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 the roster that you expected to have, you know, going into the season. 
Absolutely. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Matt, thanks for the preview of Saturday's game. We'll catch up to you next week. Okay, take care, guys. Have a good weekend. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program, and we'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m. Joining us Friday, Dylan Wallace of uh, the Sports uh, Seymour Tribune, the sports editor. Also, we'll talk uh, IU football more with him, and then Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star always with us on Fridays as well. Also, Fridays is our preview of high school football for the weekend. We'll have some coaches with us, so join us tomorrow for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.